Hello and welcome to Filling in the Gaps. I'm Justin. I'm Darren. And today we're going to be discussing the movie Enemy. This is from 2013 or 14, depending on what source you use. I think it's 14 a lot of times because that was the release date in the US. I have a feeling it was released possibly earlier in Canada. Oh, okay. There was also another British dark comedy version of this called The Double, which was released in 2013 as well. Star- is that the one with, with Lex Luthor? <laughs> I don't know who that guy is, man. Eisenberg. He Heisenberg? He's in Breaking I- Bad. Eisenberg. <laughs> it's too early for that. <laughs> he deserves to be known for more than... Oh, yeah. And that, yeah. (laughs) It's just kind of a shame because that seems to be what everybody knows him for now. Whereas I always think of Zombieland and... Social Network. Yeah. Before I would... Well, basically, I don't want to think about. (laughs) Anyway, this movie is directed by a man whose name I can't pronounce properly. Um, Is he Spanish or something? Yeah, I think he's French-Canadian. Is he French-Canadian? Yeah, so it's like... um, in English, we would butcher it by saying, like, Dennis Villa... Well, it'd be Villeneuve, right? Yeah. So so I don't know if it's Dennis or Denis. So we just call him Mr. V. He's directed movies you would have known, like Arrival, Blade Runner 2049, the Blade Runner sequel, and Sicario, as well as some others. Ah, he did Arrival. Yeah, that's why... His style is very familiar, actually. He's got a real Arrival feel to this movie. He definitely has a style, which I want to talk about in a second. Before we do that, though, I want to jump into quick, just talk about the ratings like IMDb, 6.9 out of 10, Rotten Tomatoes, critics, 71%, audience, 63%, Metacritic, a little bit kind of the opposite, where the critics, 61%, and the audience, 7.4. These are, to be honest, after watching the movie, these are much higher scores than I was expecting. But I don't know. I think that that's quite interesting. One thing I really want to say about this, though, before we get into this one, is I I don't think that we can talk about this one without talking about a few adult themes, particularly related to sex. I think that it plays a key role in this one. So if you have little ears that you don't want to be listening to such things, then... Earmuffs. Yeah, (laughs) for an hour. (laughs) I, I would suggest possibly waiting and listening on your own later. It is, for me, a visually interesting movie. It does, in some ways, feel very unique. In some ways, doesn't. As you said, there was another movie with a similar theme around the same time. But his aesthetic is very much a kind of hallmark that I'm a bit worried about. But I don't want to get into that until we jump into the spoiler section. I recommend it. I think Jake Gyllenhaal, as the main actor as is usual, does a pretty good job and makes some interesting choices. It's worth watching. It is a bit slow. Oh, yeah. So just beware of that. But this is more of an atmosphere movie than it is a plot movie. And that's kind of all I have to say for this section. Is there anything you wanted to add? Uh, No, just I think another thing is it's also based off the Dostoevsky novel called The Double, I think as well it's called. Um, I don't think it's the Dostoevsky novel. Yes. That's not what it said in the credits. That's what it said in Wikipedia. There's a Dostoevsky. Oh, it's exactly the same plot. It's oh. not. It's not called. Maybe it's not called the Double. Maybe I, I didn't write it down. But there is a novel by him, and it's about some bureaucrat who someone tries to. Okay, we well, are in the spoiler-free section. We can't. We can't talk about that. Yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, it's exact, and it's the exact same plot of the Double, and it's okay. more or less the same plot of this. So, what, what did it say in the credits then? That it was based off of. I don't know. I didn't write it down. 
Uh, but it, it, I would have recognized that one. Well, you don't know your Dostoevsky as much as you think you do. <laughs> I don't know him at all. <laughs> so, we're jumping into the spoiler section. I want to start off by talking about the very opening. By that, I mean the yellowish city skyline. This is kind of a hallmark of this director, almost to a fault. I'm a bit worried that this is becoming too much his hallmark, this look and this color scheme. Zack Snyder gets a lot of this for his grainy, bluish stuff that he did with his superhero movies. And, well, obviously we've talked about J.J. Abrams and his lens flares. I'm a bit worried that he's overdoing this a bit because it's this movie. Have you seen the Blade Runner sequel? No, not yet. You would recognize it instantly by the same color and the same kind of dusty atmosphere. And I haven't seen Sicario yet, but it's on the movie poster. So (laughs) I'm just a bit worried that he's overdoing this and this is going to become so overused by him that you almost ignore it. It doesn't mean anything anymore. So I do worry about that. I also worry a bit about how slow the movie is. Yeah, he's definitely got his own pacing thing going on. That's for sure. In the beginning of Blade Runner 2049, it works very, very well. The second half, I didn't like as much. It can work. And I think in particular with these kind of atmospheric things, it can work this speed. But I was watching it at slightly accelerated speed because after a while... It's only an hour and a half. It's less than an hour and a half as well. I know, but at the same time, you could trim it down quite a bit. There's a lot of very long establishing things that we don't really need. Did you like the film? I liked it and didn't like it. I have very mixed feelings about this one. The things I liked, I really liked. The things I didn't like... I'm more annoyed by it than, like, hated. I didn't really hate this movie. But yeah, that, that whole thing, even, like, the end credits as well, it looked like something from a, it looked like something from the 1960s or 70s. It was just a weird... It reminded me of, for some reason, the, the, the movie uh, Network popped into my mind, like, that shot at the end. It was just like, it was... It felt very out of place and weird. But, yeah, Arrival. Slow-paced. Yeah, just... Everything's muted. It's all very dark colour schemes and... But I mean, if that's his style, that's his style. You've seen more of his movies than I have, so I don't know if that's becoming... No, I just... There's style and then there's crutch. Right. And I don't want him to be pigeonholed or to not feel willing to explore the space because I think he can be a great director and there could be a lot more good coming from him. Let's get into the movie. This movie opens with Jake Gyllenhaal sitting in a car listening to a message, I think, from the mother. And we see a pregnant naked woman and the words on a title card come up, chaos is order yet undeciphered. I'm pretty sure that uh, even at this point, we're looking at Anthony looking at me like you're perplexed. Um, What do you mean, Anthony? The guy? Yeah, they're two characters. Uh, I don't know. I think there's just one. <laughs> Five minutes in. Are, are you are you serious? Oh, I'm deadly serious. Yeah, there's one guy. This is a movie about somebody's psychosis. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we have we have our focus now because I totally disagree. Oh, oh, really? Okay, that's yes. that's odd. But okay, well, not odd. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, I, I I did refer to the two halves of his fragmented self as movie Jake and history Jake. All right. Fine. Does that work for you? No, because I'm going to be using their property. <laughs> Anthony yeah. is movie Jake in your case. Okay. So. He's the guy that doesn't exist then. Okay. <laughs> in your brain. But if he's two parts of the same person, then they do both exist. Yeah. Yeah. But they're not. He's not a physical person. 
Like I don't think he's I don't think he's real. I don't think movie Jake is real. Okay. This is this is going to be tough to go through. Okay. <laughs> so, Anthony goes into this very yellow hallway <laughs> yeah. and has a key to get into a strange sex club where they walk in and immediately there's a woman I assume masturbating. We can't really see, so we're not sure. Because I say that we can't really be sure because the very next thing is when the women bring in a silver platter with a spider on it and the other woman strips down and appears to slowly, like she's going to slowly squish it with stripper heels on. Yeah. Which I'm not sure what that's about or who, I was very, what, what I, that is I was for. very worried about what was inside that dinner platter, ma'am. <laughs> I was watching this. I really hope this isn't something really disgusting. Were yeah. you relieved with the spider then? I was, was, yeah. <laughs> I was actually. So that, that's that's showing you something. But yeah, that's that was yeah the whole kind of weird. It's almost like one of those like secret society kind of sex clubs. She doesn't actually crush the spider. We don't see that, so there's no cruelty to our little eight-legged friends that eat all the mosquitoes and flies. Thanks, guys. So all our spider listeners out there. <laughs> Next, we go to Adam, who you're going to call History Jake. Right. He looks slightly disheveled. His tie is never straight. (laughs) And he talks about control of dictatorship, how it's a limit of information and self-expression, how it's a pattern that repeats throughout history over and over again. And basically, this leads into what is essentially an opening montage of him living his life over and over again, kind of giving the same speech over and over again, having the same, almost same identical evening with his girlfriend over and over. And throughout it, you start to get bits of who he is. He's the type of person who uses public transport. He has a very sparse apartment. A beat up old car. I'm assuming he doesn't make a lot of money that he's possibly an adjunct professor. His relationship seems to leave him wanting. He's always longingly looking at her as she quickly dresses and I wouldn't say sprints away, but... She does seem to just like book it out of there really quickly after they after they have sex. It's just like, right, done, see ya. Not even a goodbye. And they don't really have much conversation ever throughout the entire movie. There's a point in my notes where I say, does he consider her a dictator that she is somewhat controlling this relationship? I think that's him. the whole point of the movie. Yeah, pretty much. You nailed it. This is a movie about, yeah, control, commitment. Um, well, I don't know where I was going with that, but yeah, I agree. I was, I was thinking when I saw him in that class, just because we did the beginner's guide as well, I was half expecting like this, like black hole to appear in class at the back and all this screaming and stuff as he was giving the lecture. Maybe in a future movie, not this one. Yeah. But throughout this, I just feel that Adam is desperate for a connection of some kind and he's not really getting it. With the students, he lectures. He doesn't ever have a student in all the montages in the entire movie ever even come up to ask a question. No. They just sit behind their laptops and take their notes. And then they, much like his girlfriend, run away from class as quickly as they can. Yeah. There's also a part later, I think still in this montage over and over, where he speaks about dictators entertaining the masses to distract. And I wondered if this is just meant to be a jab at modern life and people being more distracted from the important issues by entertainment. I mean, are you are you seeing that as well, or am I just... I thought that that was probably made sense, like the whole thing with like what he was talking about with the Roman Colosseums and stuff like that. It was to distract them from their rubbish lives if they were poor, you know? But I didn't read any more into it than that. 
The reason why I'm not really sure is it doesn't really come into play in this movie. And this character doesn't really seem to be distracted by anything. He only watches a movie when somebody recommends one to him. The rest of the time, I don't know what he does. But he doesn't seem to be watching reality TV or... No, no, he's yeah, he's not. He's just... I mean, well, according to the movie, he's going to work, grading papers, or having sex. That's the three things That's that he does. That's pretty much all he does. Occasionally eating. Yeah. <laughs> but that does lead into that. So there is the scene in what I assume is a teacher's lounge of some kind where... The other teacher randomly says, do you watch movies? Adam says, yeah, I guess occasionally, but I don't get out to the cinema much. And the guy's like, well, you can actually watch movies at home, which I don't know why you need to say. <laughs> and then he suggests a movie because Adam says he wants something cheerful. So he suggests a movie called Where There's a Will, There's a Way, which I suppose is important that it's the whole title because there is a movie just called Where There's a Will. Ah, uh, okay. It's... We're going to find out a fake movie that's put into this one. Because as he goes home, he's going to check it out of the video store, I guess. Yeah. And rather for once than just do what his girlfriend wants and join her in bed like she asks, he stays up and watches this movie. He then has kind of like this really bad sex encounter where she seems in pain. Yeah. And I didn't really understand quite what was going on. And she gets up and leaves like normal. She doesn't even want to talk about it. She just leaves. Yeah, yeah. I did like when he watched that movie, though, because basically when he finishes it, because the guy, he's like, he says to the guy, oh, I want something upbeat. And he watches it. And right, right at the end, when he, when he just shuts his laptop, he's just like, <sighs> just this big sigh. It's like nothing can cheer this guy up at all. He's just so depressed. Or just he didn't like it or something like that. But yeah. I thought that was quite funny, just the way that he just lets out this massive sigh at the end. He has a nightmare where he sees himself in the movie. He wakes up, rewatches it, and at least searching through and finds the scene where he appears to be in the background of the movie as a bellhop. It's also really interesting. The color schemes as well here is like the movie is way more colorful than his real life. Like, and that's doesn't take a rocket scientist to work that part out, but you really notice it in that dream sequence. It's so bright in your face and colorful. And then as soon as it cuts back to him, it's just like, I don't know, gold almost, like gold, but drab gold. Yeah, so he sees himself in the movie and then he kind of becomes a bit obsessed about it. He starts to track himself down in your interpretation. In mine, he's tracking down this other person, Daniel St. Clair, who will find out his real name is Anthony. I don't suppose you Googled any of the people in the credits. No. Yeah, I did. Fraser Ash is one of the guys. He's credited as one of the bellhops in the movie. He's actually a producer of Enemy. Kevin Kirkst as well. He's an, another producer. In, he's in the credits, but he's also like a real-life producer of Enemy. I didn't check everyone. Daniel Sinclair is a, a cricketer from Trinidad and Tobago, though. So <laughs> I don't think that's the same guy. I don't think he worked on anime. But there's another guy who is the same name. He's also credited as the writer and director of a short called Yesterday and Tomorrow. But I couldn't find any information about that movie at all. I don't even know if it's real. It might might be put onto IMDb as a... Because it's the only movie he's done as this one short. I don't know if it's even a real movie. But yeah, so yeah. So he gets obsessed and he drives to Toronto. Well, before that, he... Goes to the video store and he looks... Oh, he checks out everything. Yeah, he yeah, checks yeah. out everything that this guy's done. And Daniel St. Clair has only done... Three? Three tiny bit parts. But I love one of, the, one of them is called, like, the guy on the train. And it's like, I don't know if that's like a throw to source code, if that came out afterwards or before this. 
I think it came out before this, so it it could be. But this guy without a ticket—that's what it's called. Okay, a passenger without a ticket. He gets sunglasses. There's a scene where he goes to choose sunglasses that I guess he assumes an actor would wear. Hideous things that he puts on his face. Big gold things down the side. Now you say he drives to Toronto. Is he not in Toronto? I think they're in somewhere like that, yeah. But then he drives to Missouri, and I, I, I'm not really, I don't really know American geography that well, but doesn't the actor Jake live in, uh, I'm pretty sure the address was somewhere in Missouri. That's quite a drive, isn't it? I'd have to look again. Are you sure it was in Missouri and not Missouri as the name of the place in Canada? Oh, is there a place in Canada called Missouri? I have no idea. Okay. I just saw Missouri, I was like, that's like way down south, that's a hell of a drive, man. That's in that little beat up car you've got. No, that's way too far. Like I'm very much assuming that wherever they are, it's all in Canada. Yeah, and I would even say in the same city. Oh, okay. Well, that there, there's a point later when they set to meet up where he says, "Do you know this in?" Yeah. He said it's outside of the city, which I'm pretty much assuming means they're in the same place. That would make a lot of sense then, because yeah, I just I'm pretty sure I saw Missouri, but I don't. Know, I would have to. Rewatch that's, that. That's a long again. way to drive. Yeah. No, you couldn't. That would be going Days, weeks all the way south. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> that aside, <laughs> he goes to the address for the agency. He sneaks in. The security guy recognizes him as Anthony, and he somewhat cleverly. He's pretty good about this. He does this a couple times where he's able to be just good enough to get what he wants. Right. Because he lets the other person do most of the talking. He just says, oh, I, I was here for that thing, for the movie. I And he just stumbles a lot. And the security guy goes, oh, yeah, here it is. Yeah. Gives him the envelope. He rushes out to his car, all kind of anxiety ridden, but rips open the outside envelope, sees the confidential envelope inside and decides not to open that one. Yeah. Mm, why? I found that very interesting. If you're going to go this far, you've already opened one envelope that's not meant for you. <laughs> Why not keep going? Impersonating someone. But it's almost like that red stamp was enough to make him realize what he was doing was wrong. Or as well, like maybe this was going to be his chip to try and get to meet this other person who looks so much like him. He goes to the address that's on the envelope. I don't know why he bothers to go there, but he goes there and then he parks in a parking garage and calls from a payphone. Yeah. He gets the wife who we will learn is Helen. And she at first thinks Anthony is joking. And then by the end of the conversation is a little weirded out and realizes it must not be. Yeah, I didn't... Looking back on the movie as well, I, th this scene doesn't really work for me because... It doesn't fit into your theory? No, it's because it doesn't... She's not a happy woman. And she sounds like very cheerful and she's joking around on the phone. But when we see her life later on, she's not at all happy in a relationship with movie Jake. So I don't know why they set this up as the first time that we meet her, you know, kind of thing like on the phone, because she's the direct opposite of who she is in real life than on the phone. Do you know what I mean? Did you, did you feel that? Yes, but at the same time, she doesn't always give that impression. So right towards the end of the movie, when she comes in after having gone to the pool, she acts kind of happy to see him. She doesn't realize what's going on yet. I think she tries to be happy. Mm. She tries to put on a brave face. I think at one point she was happy, but she keeps trying to hope for that to come back again. And so when she thinks he's playing around, maybe she's happy because this is a good day. 
Right. Maybe he has good days and bad days. Mm. Or maybe she's happy because the the sound of his voice and the way that he's speaking to her is the side of him that she likes. So yeah, yeah maybe it does play into my theory. <laughs> well, you'll fill in the gaps until it does. When Adam gets home, he calls again and he talks to Anthony. And at first, Anthony's annoyed and hangs up. But then the second time, he Adam is able to explain a bit better and... Anthony leaves his bedroom, having talked to Adam, mm-hmm. in my version, where they both exist, Yeah, where he steps out and immediately Helen is very suspicious. Are you seeing her again? Doesn't believe him. Yeah, because he is, because it's that girl he's got at that other apartment. <laughs> Here's something I wanted to talk about, because this is the first time I think we actually really get to see the apartment. They have a really nice apartment. Yeah. Why do you think that is? Well, I think he's done all right for himself. You know, he's... I don't know, because, I mean, at the, at the beginning of the story, going way back to the voicemail, when his mum calls him on, the, on his voicemail, she says, your apartment's terrible, it's a mess, I can't believe you live there. And History Jake, who I believe is the real Jake, is the only Jake, History Jake's apartment is a mess. Movie Jake's apartment is very nice. It's not really a mess, it's just empty. It is, yeah, it's, it's empty, yeah. Movie Jake's apartment is very nice. He's only an actor. And he's only starred in three movies and he's doing a a bunch of commercials. But he's not, according to the mother. Well, that's it. Yeah. Because he is the history teacher. He is is a professor at university. And he's pursuing this movie acting career that his mum says he should stop doing. Um, See, I don't buy this. Because if you're saying that that's the case, then clearly they would realize that he has multiple personalities. Who, Who would? The wife? The mother? The wife? I'm not sure about the mother, because she seems a little little bit... Well, if she says, you have a stable job, and his only job is this acting, then when he's in that personality, he should go, what job do I have? The only job I have is acting. Acting is my life. That's all he has. He wouldn't question, why are you talking about the stable job that I don't actually have? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think some of the things are purposefully left out. Otherwise, it would be too obvious, maybe. But I mean... But it makes no sense to his character, then. I don't why why does it make sense? I mean, he has fo- he has the photograph of him and his wife in history of Jake's apartment. He right, has- but that's why I'm worried that there's actually meant to be much more going on than just a simple multiple personality. I think it is that simple, man. I think yeah. For for once, I'm actually making it simple because <laughs> he's he's got the photograph. He's got the torn photograph of quite clearly that he even matches it up like on the shelf. He's the same person, honestly. I really don't think so. All right. We will continue. Continue. Helen checks the caller ID because she's worried that he's... (laughs) Is she paranoid, though? No, not really. It's not paranoia if they're... We already know that this guy's gone to some sort of sex club. And she does say, are you seeing her again? Which means he's obviously been Doing this before. before, At this point, Anthony starts to search for Adam Bell online. He finds him. Helen wakes up, finds the note he wrote, also looks him up. She goes to the university to see him. She talks with Adam... And Anthony calls Adam to meet up. At this point, Adam is very happy. He goes outside. He's smiling. He's sitting down. And Helen sits down near him. And she's shocked because of how much he looks like her husband. And we get this thing that's going to feed into your theory. But I don't think that it really works. Because it's right. (laughs) Where he goes just behind the corner as she's calling. Yeah. So it's, yep. That's what was next on my notes. (laughs) All right. But she goes home and he comes back from a run. We don't know how much time's passed. Right. 
And that's what feeds into your theory, but I think... Which is right. I think it's wrong. <laughs> Helen admits that she went to see Adam and that he looks exactly like Anthony. And Anthony's a bit annoyed because that could have been dangerous. But this is also the scene where Anthony gets very upset that she didn't get the organic blueberries and got the conventional ones <laughs> instead. Oh, I said conventional blueberries. I laughed out loud at that point, man. Conventional blueberries. Did you not think it was weird? She eventually tells him, like, I think you do know what's, what's going on. Like she, she says it like three times. Like, I think you do. I think you do. I think you do. Because she, she's saying what's going on. And he's like, I don't know. And she's like, what? I think you do. She's honestly, she's, I think throughout this whole movie, she's playing along with his like kind of psychosis and she's, she loves Adam or Anthony or whoever it is. History Jake. She loves History Jake and she is trying to salvage their marriage and she does realize that he's got severe, a severe mental issue because that's why she's saying that. I mean, otherwise it doesn't make any sense. She's, I don't she's think trying so. To con- she's trying I think to she thinks he's hiding something that he's not. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is followed by a dream of an upside down yellow hallway and a naked woman walking. But as she gets nearby, we see she has a spider's head. Yeah. It's weird that that whole scene. But the spider woman dream was kind of funny because I was like, oh man, that's creepy. That woman's walking along the ceiling, but it's actually not. It's him walking along the ceiling. (laughs) They both have the dream though. There's only one person, so yeah. No, but we see them both wake up in their respective apartments. Right. Having had the dream. Yeah. All the more reason for my theory. (laughs) (laughs) they meet at the inn outside of town which seems like a weird sex inn as well yeah as he's following the scantily clad woman with the key card it's very weird because as they get there adam gets there first anthony comes in but it's adam who had wanted this the whole time who freaks out when he sees anthony and takes off yeah yeah, yeah, he's the one that wanted it, and it all, almost the whole movie flips. It's like becomes the other way around. Yeah, which I don't, I don't understand character motivation at this point. It doesn't make any sense why that would happen or why they wouldn't talk longer or want to know more. The point where he really freaks out is where he shows Adam his scar. Hmm. He says, "I've got this scar. Don't you have one?" And that's the point that you can rule out they're identical twins or something like that. It's like you can't, you can't get scars later on. That right. The same. Yeah. Anthony kind of chases him down on a motorcycle, stares in, and then takes off because they're two different people. No, but but you never see them together in the same room. You can't see his face outside. They always see each other when they're... No one else sees them together. So the motorcycle helmet is all playing into my theory at this point. You cannot see his face. It's not even him. Continue. <laughs> Anthony now starts to stalk Adam. He notices the girlfriend, who we will find out very briefly, is called Mary... I didn't really get this the first time through. I had to look it up on IMDb to even get her character name. All right. He does want to say her name very much later, but you'd have to be very quick to catch it. <laughs> but this is Adam's girlfriend. He starts to follow her. He follows her onto the bus. He follows her to work. Clearly, he's attracted to her. This is then where he goes to meet with his mother. And the mother is saying, I only have one son and you have a stable job. You should give up this third-rate acting career. Eat your blueberries. Yeah. But I don't like blueberries. Of course you do. Well, clearly he does. Or clearly he would want to. He would want to at home. Why would he not want to here? Oh, did you think that's movie Jake at his mom's house? Oh, definitely. No, not at all. Not at all. I disagree. His hair is... But his mannerisms are the same as, as history Jake. He's... No, it's not at all. He's very confident and his hair is organized. Mm, no, I didn't see that. Or even even so, well, then and it doesn't really matter. Cause well, then 
If that that's he, the case, then like why movies. why would she say you should give up this third rate because movie? Because he's a history career? teacher that has that's pursuing this stupid acting career. But why would he, if he's in that personality, yeah. not go? What movie career are you talking about? Because it would give the movie away at this point. We're only halfway in. It's like no. Then this this whole scene is ridiculously stupid. Then. It makes no sense for the character to not go, what in the world are you talking about? Well, I mean, okay, so if I was to refine it a little bit, then maybe he's not a complete schizophrenic then. Maybe he does... He's, well, maybe schizophrenic he's, is not the same as multiple personalities. Okay, so... But you know what I mean? Like, he's... he's maybe he's, he's not unaware of his other side. It's like... But if he's not unaware, why is he chasing himself down this whole movie from both sides? Because it's he's dealing with his own it's his way of projecting his own issues in his head. He's like he's got we've all got sides to us, and movie Jake is just his bad kind of adulterous, lustful kind of self that he wants to get rid of, and he does eventually. Even movie Jake says to him, "It's like just give me this one last go, and I'll disappear from your life," and he does. And it's like, it's history Jake suppressing this part of himself that is damaging to his wife and his his own life as well. He wants to have this baby. He wants to settle down, but he can't because he's got the side of him that just isn't nice and cannot stop looking at other girls and cannot stop having sex with other girls. And he wants that to go away. And that's what this whole movie is about, is about him coming to terms with this commitment and getting rid of this side of himself. But then this this whole scene is weird. It doesn't make any sense then. It doesn't fit. I don't think that you can have this issue where you know you have the two personalities, but only when you're with your mother. I mean, yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't have to play out that way. It could be, I'm lost for words now, I'm trying to think. He doesn't have to explicitly say these things, and he doesn't have to explicitly do these things to satisfy us. You know, maybe this is just how he deals with it. It's like, this is another way to look at this kind of story, you know? I don't know. It makes sense to me, but yeah, obviously it doesn't make sense to you. No, it clearly doesn't. After this, we get a nightmare spider that is looming over the entire city. Yeah. But it's at this point, and this is my thing why I have to believe that there are two different characters, despite everything else you're talking about. Okay. Adam Scar is on the wrong side. Yeah. Okay. So, so what? We've already seen Anthony Scar. It's on the left side of his body. Adam's is on the right side of his body. Uh Uh-huh. So, my theory is that they were conjoined. So, you think they're twins then, yeah? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I just saw them as mirror images of each other. Yes, but you can't have mirror images when it comes to a scar. Well, I mean, it's on the it's always reversed, isn't it, in the mirror, so. Yeah, and he's on this side of the mirror looking into the mirror. I mean, if it was on the left side, it would be on the right side of the mirror. Yeah, so. No, we're looking at him and is on the right side of his body as he looks into the mirror. Yeah, but I mean, the other other one has the other scar on the on the other side, yeah. So. Yes. So, yeah, so they're mirror- But if they're the same person, I, I don't see what you're not seeing here. I just, I'm, I'm just saying that they're mirror images, and so that's, that's like a literal thing there. Like they would be reversed because they're op- they're polar opposites, basically. Yeah, but the scar is not going to shift sides of his know, body it, when he switches it, personality. Yeah, it's a metaphor, isn't it, or something like that? It's something. Yeah, I, I didn't look at anything beyond that. It's like they're polar opposites, so it's like his scars on his left, his scars on his right. Done. <laughs> I don't. It gets to the point where if the, if it's so much just metaphor, then nothing really matters. And I don't. It takes what I did enjoy from the movie and it kind of just tosses out the oh, window. I'm, so. glad, I'm glad to be ruining it for you. Anyway, <laughs> Anthony does this whole thing where he's practicing acting like he's going to be angry with Adam, and then he does this really weird blackmail thing 
you give me your clothes and I'll spend a weekend with your girlfriend and then I'll go away forever. To you, this is the whole one personality making an agreement with the other one. Yeah. To me, this makes no sense because why would you do this? Exactly. I mean, it's absolutely reprehensible what he's agreeing to. It's like, yeah, I'll let you pretend to be me and fuck my girlfriend. It's like, come on, that's just horrible. Right. But why even with the personalities would you allow that to happen? Because he knows he's the same person. So he's like, yeah, you have whatever you want. As long as you leave me alone, you can, if this will make you get out of my life and let me get on with my life, go for it. Because otherwise, it's like what you just did was disgusting, man. You you allowed someone to impersonate you and, and have sex with someone that didn't know the difference. Like, that's pretty messed up. <laughs> right. So we're going to get to that. Adam goes to Anthony's place. The doorman lets him in. On second watch through, I realized that this guy actually was in the club with him at the very beginning of the movie. So when he talks about, oh, they've changed the place and I don't have a key. But this is, again, where Adam is very good about just playing along and going, oh, yeah, I got locked out. I left my key in the apartment. Do you want me to let you in? Sure. And the doorman even is saying, you go right ahead. And Adam luckily just walks in the right direction. Yeah. And stops when he hears the doorman stop. He plays it just smart enough to get away with it, to make it believable. But he goes into the apartment, he sees how nice it is, he puts on the clothes, and basically he just sits and waits. I was looking at that scene quite carefully when he picks up the heels. I even went back to the beginning to check if those were the same heels that the woman was using to squash the spider at the start. No, they're not. They're not. But I was thinking, like, is that the woman from the place? Like, that would be pretty messed up. Um, But no, they're not even close. They're just red heels. This is the part with the picture you want to talk about, I assume. Yeah, so he goes to the house, looks through everything. It's kind of nice because I think that History Jake and this wife are much more suited to each other. And it's almost like they were destined to come together. They're more compatible than movie Jake is with the wife. And then, yeah, so then he finds that picture on the shelf and it's the exact same picture, torn picture that he had earlier on in the movie that is a picture of him and his wife. Well, we don't know. We only see an arm. It does match. It matches perfectly, yeah. So, same person. I don't know. Well, what could possibly explain it then? Well, I don't even understand why he's got this half of a picture. Because they've been through the whole makeup breakup thing over and over again, like a, a destructive cycle on and off. He's okay, a, you're filling a lot in there. Well, he's a, he's a known cheater. They argue a lot. He probably thought it was over. And kept the half that's him? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's symbolic, isn't it? It's you cutting that half out of your life. So, yeah, I don't. I don't see a problem with that. This doesn't really seem like something that Anthony or Movie Jake, in your opinion, would hang on to, would do. He seems oh, a very, very not sentimental person. But he's a very controlling person. He is also a dictator in this, if you look at it that way as well. It's not just the women that are controlling. It's but this. why would he hang on to this picture? That's what I don't understand. Because because he's a control freak and he's a, he's a jealous person and he's, you know, just insert negative aspect of personality in here. You know, he's obviously messed around with other girls in his time but as soon as he finds out that maybe she has he goes bananas you know he's super controlling and su- what are you talking about when maybe she has when he's like you know did you sleep what when, when he's that, like that's all an act yeah but no no he's even to his wife he's he's saying he's saying that at one point when does he say that? i can't remember but earlier on earlier on but yeah he's uh you know it fits his profile for me pretty well like yeah very maybe vindictive jealous 
wants his cake and to eat it kind of person. So yeah, in a, in, a, in an angry, I mean, yeah, I'm definitely feeling that, and I can't tell you because it didn't happen on screen, but I'm guessing, yeah, they had a fight, she tore up the photograph, I tore her out of his life, and like this is it, kept on to it for sentimental value, perhaps. Maybe he's got the other half somewhere. I don't know. Maybe he stashed that somewhere else. But otherwise, it makes no sense. Like, they have to be the same person. Otherwise, how do you have the same, exact same photograph? Well, that's where I start to think that maybe there's something more. That this pattern of things happening over and over and over again, that perhaps there's something more sinister here. Uh Uh-huh. As kind of laid out by the very end, depending on how you view the very end. So, let's get to that when we we get to it. So, at this point... Anthony is taking Helen to some romantic weekend, apparently. Which is like another motel, a CD motel somewhere. He basically, like, they're having sex. Mary realizes, and this is, this is the only time where we hear her name, yeah. is during sex where she's like, no, something's wrong. And he's like, Mary, what's wrong? I think that's the literal only time we ever hear her name. And she wants out, no matter what he says. And, I mean, I'm, I'm kind of this scene cuts back and yeah, forth between the two but let, let's focus on them because basically she wants to leave she notices that he has a obvious mark where a ring should be and he's saying no no that's always there this is again leading into me going if she's freaking out over this you're saying that it's always there this mark this like tan line from the ring is always there yeah and she never noticed yeah i think this is all happening in his head and that's why they cut back and forth between the two things it's it's him like resolving this in his in his mind that's that's uh i don't think this actually happens and it does it on purpose because even the next day after the car crash he switches off the radio you don't get to hear any of the details oh, i thought she was switching off the radio i thought it was him yeah i i, I i've got nothing else to say on if that, that and that's very perplexing because because I, I, I don't like when things are just only in their head. Yeah, because I mean, I, I neither do I, to be honest. But that's the only way I could think of that is that he wakes up. He's obviously going over this, and it plays into the end part of the movie as well. He's going over this in his head, going over this in his head. He's crying a little bit. He's really sad, and his wife kind of well okay. brings him back. Let's talk about the crash just real quick because right at the very end. Okay, so first off, it's just it's the most ridiculous crash of all time. <laughs> Where he's going to make her get out, out of the car, car as it's flying. <laughs> yeah. And then he accidentally drives it perfectly right into the pillar head on. It, it just is so ridiculous. But as you zoom in on the window, it looks almost like a spider web. Yeah, I noted that as well. Yeah. Okay. On the other side, we have Adam, who's awkward, who keeps trying to be nice, which is obviously not what Anthony would be doing. I think... Helen realizes very quickly that it's not the man she thinks. She invites him into bed. He gets into bed fully clothed. And she said, well, why don't you take off your clothes? <laughs> she even says, how is school? Yeah. To which he seems a bit, I don't know. He doesn't know what to say to that, right? Yeah. And she says, oh, forget it. So she knows. He's out in the living room. He's crying. She says, I want you to stay. And you're thinking she's talking about his personality. This, this side of him, yeah. If so, then she must say this a lot. Yeah. This must be a regular occurrence. Yeah. Also, it's worth noting that way back in the scene where History Jake goes into the acting agency, he says, oh, we've not seen you for about six months. And she's six months pregnant as well. It's almost like he disappeared from that scene when she got pregnant. Maybe. 
myself. Or maybe, smile, maybe, <laughs> maybe they're throwing all of these things at you to confuse you the way you, you I'm not think con- they're confusing me. I'm not confused me. at all, man. I'm yeah, perfectly so you clear. Say. I'm perfectly clear. At this point, we're at the end. There's the bit with the radio. Adam tries on Anthony's jacket. He finds the key. As Helen goes into the bedroom, he says, Hey, do you have plans tonight? I think I'm going to be busy, which seems to imply that he's going to use the key. Yeah. The whole thing he said at the beginning of everything's a pattern repeats itself. Right. And as he says this, he goes to the bedroom and there's a giant spider. (laughs) (laughs) This is honestly, this is the part that kind of ruins it for me because now it just feels like it's all been shoved in. Like this whole movie is just a conversation piece. I'm not sure I'm a big fan of that. And so I have very mixed feelings about that. I have very mixed feelings about when metaphor takes over, which is a lot of what you're kind of pushing for, I feel, in this one that most of it is metaphor. I think, especially because of the scar thing Mm -hmm. and with the picture, I think that it's possible that in some way this world doesn't really exist or it exists, but there's something super heinous kind of going on. And perhaps he is one of many. And somehow Helen is in charge of this and she keeps kind of making him or bringing in more of them. And each one always makes the same mistake. And when he does, she has to get a new one. I don't know how this would work, but I think for me, it's more logical. I don't really want to see this as a, the double is in my head kind of thing. I I really don't. I mean, maybe that's me just so sick of that trope that I don't want that. Mm. And maybe that's why I'm fighting for this, but... There are just so many times where I feel like they are doing things at the same time. For me, I feel like the Mary scene at the end with the car crash did happen. And in my head, just these two guys have some sort of connection that they can't explain. This is why occasionally they're having the same dream at the same time, or they have impressions of things. So Adam is feeling sad because he realizes what happened. He senses it in some way. But, yeah, oh, yeah, I totally agree with that. Yeah. Yeah, but in my version, it's not he senses it in his head. Mm. He's actually sensing what's going on in with real life. this other one. Mm. Like, maybe they are somehow... I don't know. But then the whole mother thing is weird. She would have to be in on it in some way. I when I watched this when it first came out. Like, God, that's what, six years ago now? And I, I had the same kind of idea when I watched it the first time. I had, like, a whole... I, I went down the, the kind of body snatcher route with it, you know? I thought it was some alien invasion, you know? Um, but after or, watching... Or a spider invasion. Spider invasion. And I had the same idea. Yeah, it's like, yeah, maybe they're creating just tons of jakes. But it doesn't make it clear what they're looking for, what the end goal is, whatever, whatever thing is. No, none of that is clear then. I mean, we're not even sure, because I think... Are you assuming that... Helen is the spider. In what? When I watched it the first time? I don't think she's a spider. I think, I honestly think that that again is in his head. Okay. So let's rewind that and let's, let me tell you what I thought about that. Right. So he gets the key. He finally opens up. Why would it have been sent to the agency in another envelope with his own address on it? He, I think he got rid of that key himself because he didn't want to be unfaithful. He's trying to destroy that part of himself. So he sent that key away to a place where he wasn't really going to go back again. Right. Bear with me. So he sends it, he sends it away, he gets rid of it. And then inevitably it comes back to him, right? He, he, the key comes back into his possession. She's talking to him. She's coming out of the shower, blah, 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 blah. 
And then he's talking, she's responsive. But as soon as he says, I think I need to go out, she stops talking. And that's, that's why he goes to the bedroom because he doesn't hear anything. And so when he goes to the bedroom, you see this gigantic spider, which is not in attack mode. It retreats in fear from him, right? It, it curls up into like a little ball almost. It makes this little shriek. She knows that this is going to happen again. She's been here before too. And again, the whole spider webs and spiders, he's caught in a spider's web. You can go down that trope over and over again. That's again, overdone. So yeah, it is a bit of an overdone theme. But yeah, he's trapped. She's trapped him. She represents his fear of maybe like commitment and wanting to just go out and screw everything that walks the streets. So is it symbolic then at yeah. the beginning why the spider is being crushed or? Yeah. I don't think it's an alien. Or is case. that also in his head? I think the sex club is real. Yeah. Where um, they squash spiders. I have no idea about that. Maybe, maybe it was, maybe there was something disgusting in the dinner platter that I didn't want to see. So. Maybe he did imagine the spider, or maybe he paid for it. I did think it was interesting, though, how he's like watching this, like through his hands. You know, he's got his hands covering his eyes right at the beginning. Like it's almost something that he can't watch. But that's that's neither here nor there. It was just just a, a note that I something I I noticed. But yeah, so it's all in his it's all in his mind. She's not a giant spider. Uh, it's, she just represents the end of his single life, and that's about a lot. I know that's a big downer for you, but. I think that's that what this movie feels is. very shallow. I think that's what this movie is. Yeah, see, I, I don't like that at all. And I think there's just too many times with too many things where they do seem like two different people. There are other movies where they've done that where I also didn't really like that. And I think that's a big part of why I don't like it. There's just too much going on that you, as a character, have to fill in the gaps for your entire life. That I don't know. I... I don't like that. I don't think that that works. I would rather you come up with one of your crazy, <laughs> like, Helen isn't the spider. She actually just got eaten by the spider. There's so many things I would rather you came up with <laughs> than that one, which feels lazy I think as, as a filmmaker. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I mean, I think a lot of the evidence is there for it, man. I, I don't think. If I'm wrong about this one, I'd be surprised. I don't know that we would ever find out if you're wrong about it. Unless the director, unless the writer come out and say, oh, yes, here's what's going on. Mm. Here's exactly the meaning that we implied. But it's not as, it's not as like kind of, what's the word? Ambiguous as say something like. No, be careful because you're going to yeah, come into a spoiler. Yeah, I can't say you anything. You can't jump into anything that, that <laughs> might lead into. insert other movies. It's not, it's not as, you know, but you know what I mean? Yeah, it's not as ambiguous as some of the other movies that really leaves you like, what? The, what was that? Like, And also I noticed, it's here somewhere in my notes. It's like, where is it? Oh, here we go. One hour, it, this movie doesn't do really that much for it. I got to an hour and 15 minutes where I actually wrote down, Wow. They haven't actually done anything. Nothing has happened yet. No, you could have done this. This is another movie that I think could have been trimmed way down and been a 45-minute movie. It's almost like a Twilight Zone episode, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I think it would be tough to squeeze it into a half-hour Twilight Zone, but the one season where they went for an hour, or a Black Mirror where they went for right. an hour, maybe. It doesn't really fit into the Black Mirror idea that technology is involved in any way, but... Yes. It's got that feel. It's got yeah. that feel. It, again, makes me want more of that kind of show where we could have the show and do it in half an hour or 45 minutes because not every story is worth an hour and a half. I don't want to argue that too much because this director, it doesn't feel that bad. It's not a bad I like this This, movie. this isn't like movies we've discussed before like Mr. Nobody or Upstream Color where it literally felt just so long. This one didn't feel quite that bad. Well, because Mr. Nobody was like, what, two and a half hours or something like that? 
But this one, I've seen worse hour and a half movies. And I've seen movies that seem to do even less than an hour and a half. At least this one has characters that it tries to develop. Jake Gyllenhaal as the main, in my opinion, both leads, does a good job of being both characters that you can tell. You can tell apart immediately, yeah. Immediately. And that's really impressive. And not by something physical. Yeah. But I mean, there, there, there is that but there is, but their actions are completely different. Completely. Like, he really plays them as two different characters, and I really respect that. So there's a lot about this movie I do really respect. This is one of those where I'd rather it wasn't so vague. I don't really like the tail ending. And if it's not a literal spider, then that means that primarily this movie is, as you've stated, mostly about metaphor, which I don't like. Yeah. That's where it's going to take it into... This is art as opposed to this is a movie. And I like art. I respect it, but I prefer a movie. And that's what I want. There is one recommendation I'd like to make, but is there anything else you wanted to add before? Nope. Nope. The movie I'd like to recommend is a documentary called Three Identical Strangers. Have you seen it? No. It's a story that's even a little bit crazier than what you get here, but is a true life story. And I'm not much of a documentary person, but it's done very, very well. And I would definitely recommend it. What's not going to Well, I'm not going to say, because then I'd be spoiling it, wouldn't I? Is that about three identical strangers? It is. Oh. Are they identical? They are. Wow. So, if you're as excited as Darren is about that, I would definitely recommend going to see it. I saw it not that long ago, and I would definitely recommend that. And I think it's much, much better, sadly, than this one. <laughs> <laughs> but at the same time, this director, though, I'm not a huge fan thus far. Of the Did you like Arrival? Not really. Mm. But it's an issue I have with some of the storytelling. I never really have a problem with him visually, except that he seems to be stuck in this one mode. But visually, very, very interesting. It's the storytelling that kind of bothers me. The first half of Blade Runner 2049, I love. And then the second half, it kind of becomes a different movie and kind of not what his strength is, I think. So... I want to keep seeing what he does. There are other movies like Sicario I haven't checked out yet that I will. And I'm hoping with more that he will find his stride and really find his storytelling mode that will work for me as well. And if not, at least I'm always going to get something that's visually interesting and I, I won't feel like I've wasted my time. Something watchable, at least. Yep. Gaps filled and more gaps created.